Welcome to the Cosmic Pirate Radio Show, podcast number 11. Tonight we have with us again Roger from Florida. How are you doing tonight, Roger? Oh, wonderful. I'm glad you're, glad you're here with us again, or at least me. Sean couldn't make it tonight because he's not feeling too good. He's feeling under the weather, got a bad cough, didn't think it would be good for, uh, for our podcast to be, uh, you know, coughing and stuff. Or recording, so. You know, you're saying he's under the weather because he's not feeling well. If he was feeling well, would he be over the weather? I don't know. Hmm. He'd have to be in a plane or something, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, back to business. Okay. Roger and I were discussing topics to uh, talk about on this uh, episode, and he uh, thought of exoplanets. So later on, after we get through some news items, we're going to talk about exoplanets Right now, we'll get on to some news. Roger, you just mentioned something about uh, a multi-car pileup or something that involved, like, fire. I mean, what was going on down there in Florida? Oh, it's the type of stuff you usually hear from California. The uh, interstate that runs from the east to west coast out here, or down here, or wherever from where you're at, they had some fog, and they were having a, a controlled burn. Why they were doing that is beyond me. Controlled burn of what? Fields or whatever. I'm not sure exactly what they were trying to burn. Okay, along the interstate. Yeah, well, actually, you know, it turns out they burned about 200 acres. Because uh, wow. the drought conditions we're having here, they seem to think that, you know, that was no big deal. We'll just go ahead and do our burn anyway. And uh, smoke went over the interstate mixed with the fog that was there. Next thing you know, there's a 70-car pileup. Jeez. Like four people were killed. I don't remember how many people were injured. But, I mean, it was high numbers. Just totally ridiculous. Why they thought they can get away with this controlled burn is beyond me. Yeah, why would, Personally, why would you... I think it should have been delayed until we get some rain. I mean, it hasn't rained here in quite a long time. Yeah. I mean, why would you even uh, attempt uh, a uh, controlled burn in a, a dry time of year? It just sounds stupid to me. Makes no sense. One of the police that responded... He said, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. That's how dense the smoke and fog was. Wow. So it was foggy and the smoke was just adding to it. Yeah. And plus the fact that people do about 80 miles an hour and didn't see any reason to slow down. Right. So it was just a mixture of a lot of people not thinking and mm-hmm. in catastrophe. That's, too, that's terrible. Yeah, it is. Ridiculous, I think. That would be the word, operative word there. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I had less less tragic news. I had some. Uh, I think you. I actually think that you and I were talking about these critters um, a while ago, Roger. Uh, have you ever ever heard of the II? I'm not nocturnal. sure. It's a nocturnal primate uh, native to Madagascar. Uh, I have a little bit written out here. I can read quick about the news item that I had uh, that I had uh, compiled. Uh, it's a rare creature, with possibly only a thousand remaining in its wild habitat of northern Madagascar. It was originally thought extinct, and they've been classified as endangered due to being hunted to near extinction by local people of Madagascar, who believe them to be bad omens, probably due to their strange, spooky appearance. And if you look at, I'll leave a picture up on the show notes. So people can check these things out. They are kind of creepy looking. I actually think they're so ugly that they're cute. They're the this uh, 
if you go go on the web and look up I I, you'll see Roger. It's A Y E, A Y E. I I, Captain. And uh, one was recently born at a Bristol Zoo in England. It's the second baby I I reared in the UK. He requires round-the-clock feeding twice each hour and has just started walking on his own. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool story. Uh, an infant I.I. easily fits into the palm of your hand. Did I just say hand? Let me try that again. Yes, an infant, you did. An, <laughs> an infant I.I. easily fits into the palm of your hand, but a full-grown one will reach about a foot uh, in length and weigh about five and a half pounds. But they are the world's largest nocturnal primate. So, uh, like I said, I'll put some pictures up. I'll put a picture up on the show notes and a link to uh, the full article there. But I thought they were really—they cre- are creepy looking, but they're also so creepy that they're cute and they're—they're they're really fascinating uh, little creatures. You know, the more you learn, the more humans learn about the environment and our world and all these other creatures, the more amazing it becomes. I think it's just fascinating. And that was, of course, supposed to leave comment area open for you, Roger. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have a comment at the moment. I'll email one to you. No, I don't think we had uh, talked about them. No? I know I know we had been talking one time about uh, lemurs that were discovered on Madagascar. Okay. Little tiny okay. guys. Well, these are, yeah, I.I.s are lemurs. Yeah, but I don't think these are the same as the ones we were discussing that time. Because from what you're describing... From the article you're reading, they were a lot larger. Okay, full grown. Yeah, well, the uh, lemurs that we were talking about, full grown or even close to that size, the full grown one would fit in the palm of your hand. Wow. I forget what the lemur was called, but it was a little tiny guy. They're just they're they're just so fascinating. And they weren't ugly either. Now on to another one, which is uh, which stems from lore. You've heard the phrase "crying crocodile tears," Roger? Yeah. That means someone is is feigning their sadness. They're not really sad. They're just putting on the tears as a show, kind of like an act. But uh, actually, some scientists were curious about where this phrase had come from and if, in fact, uh, it was true that crocodiles cried when they ate. I'll, I'll just read a couple of excerpts from an article here found at Science Daily. This is from October of 2007. A zoologist, Kent Vliet, observed and videotaped four captive caimans and three alligators, both close relatives to crocodile. Uh, He observed them while they were eating on a spit of dry land at Florida's St. Augustine Alligator Farm Zoological Park. Are you familiar with that area, Roger? No, it doesn't sound familiar. Because you're down there in in Florida. Uh, There are a lot of references in general literature to crocodiles feeding and crying, but it's almost entirely anecdotal, uh, Vliet says. And from the biological I've perspective... I've been to cry when I eat at times, too. Oh, really? Why is that? So happy? No, because the fruit is so bad. <laughs> from, he, he continues, From the biological perspective, there is quite a bit of confusion on this subject in the scientific literature, so we decided to take a closer look. The term may have gained wide popularity as a result of a passage in one book, The Voyage and Travel of Sir John Mandeville, first published in 1400. Uh, the passage says... In that country be a general plenty of crocodiles. These serpents slay men, and they eat them weeping. So that's where that phrase originally, probably originally uh, came from. In the myth, crocodiles often cry while eating humans. However, uh, deadpanned Shainer, another uh, 
scientist or zoologist involved with this study. Uh, he says, we were not able to feed a person to the crocodiles, so they couldn't tell for sure if they cried while eating humans. But uh, I, f I thought that was a pretty funny story. They've actually confirmed that crocodiles do cry or shed tears when they eat. Now, they haven't confirmed crocodiles, but here are at least alligators and these why canines. Do they, why do they keep specifying when they eat humans? How do they test that? They didn't they test it. feed them humans? Well, no, that's what I just said. You just missed it here. The guy said, uh, in myth, crocodiles often cry while eating humans. However, deadpan chainer, we were not able to feed a person to the crocodiles. Heh heh heh. Why not? I can think of... <laughs> I can think of somebody I'd like to feed to them. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I can think of a few candidates. So if they want to give me a call... In fact, at work, I think we have some crocodiles. I can test this theory because... Uh, the person I'd like to feed to them uh, is at work. <laughs> your 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 colon sick guy. Yeah, that's the one. But that's a story for another day. Yes. So anyway, this was uh, I grabbed this article from uh, ScienceDaily.com, and uh, you can go there and, and check that out for the full URL. Visit our show notes, and I'll include that there so you can check out that story too. And but, I wonder uh, how much pretty... money was spent on that um, test. I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Kind they of should have just so let I... the Mythbusters do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> they could feed a human-like cadaver or something. Oh, well, I'm sure they'll come up with something made out of ballistics gel. <laughs> so, uh, hey, you want to move on to the uh, the exoplanets? Oh, yes. Not to be confused with exoskeletons. Right. Okay, so what, what made you decide on this topic? You, were, you said that you were watching something on TV that got you interested in these things? Yeah, I watch a, a series, I believe it's on the History Channel, called uh, The Universe. Okay. And uh, I was watching the other night, and they're talking about planets that they found ar around other stars. Right. And I was just amazed, because I never even knew that there were other planets. I mean, I, I always thought there has to be. Yeah. I mean, all those stars out there, ours can't be the only one that has planets around it. Exactly. Uh, there's but actually... they finally discovered that there are. Yep. And, and, and uh, I never knew that. And they're still doing research on them. In fact, you pointed out that your, your main source for this information was uh, exoplanets.org. That's exactly what I found. Found? What is wrong with me tonight? <laughs> it must be the cheese on the keyboard that's doing it. It's gone. I cleaned it. Uh, that's, oh. what, that's what I found. Uh, exoplanets.org seems to be a, the, a, a main site that uh, contains a lot of information about these things. In fact, 221 exoplanets have been discovered orbiting nearby stars, Roger. Ah, that depends on what website you check. Oh, really? What'd you check? Well, from exoplanets.org, I clicked on another link. Um, I think it was just called Links. And now I'm at Planet Quest, and they say the current planet count is 270. Oh, so maybe... maybe That's... The 270 planets circling 232 stars. They say Earth-like planet zero, but I was reading somewhere else that there's one that's very similar to Earth, but it's, like, way bigger than Earth. And I don't remember where that is. See, on, the, on, the, on exoplanets, it says the first five-planet system, and then it's got 28 new exoplanets and four multi-planet systems. That's the one that contains Gliese... 436, which was uh, which I heard about last year. This is just fascinating stuff. I mean, 
I, I, uh, I jotted down a few things that I had, uh, that I had, uh, uncovered while browsing the web and uh, these websites. For example, and I wanted to, I wanted to pose a question and then answer the question for the benefit of our listeners too. For example, uh, you like talk to yourself? Well, I'm sure that our, I'm sure that our, uh, our, our, some of our listeners might not be, uh, astronomers. I mean, I have a telescope, but that doesn't make me an astronomer. You know, I have a beer. It doesn't make me an alcoholic. <laughs> but I'm thinking some of our visitors might want to, uh, our listeners might want to know about some of this stuff. Like, for example, how do astronomers detect these planets so far away? Uh, we're talking about uh, the closest exoplanet, according to exoplanet.org. Uh, the closest exoplanet orbits a star about 63 light years from the sun. But uh, 60, just to give you an idea, 63 light years from the sun ends up being, uh, well, let's see, 5.87 trillion miles is approximately how far light travels in a year. And if we just multiply that by 63, we'll have the distance of this exoplanet system here. We have. It's pretty far. You'd have to pack a lunch. It's pretty left a pack of lunch, that's for sure. When I say 63, we're right. talking about 300, almost 370 trillion miles away. And, and, and astronomers on our planet are observing this thing with radio waves. Well, that's one way. What's the other way? They're not they using, measure the uh, changes in color. They're measuring the wavelength of light coming from that star. And... Uh, even though that wavelength isn't in the visual spectrum that we can see with our eyes, they're able to, using what they call a Doppler shift, variations in the star's motion, they can determine um, that there is a planet actually orbiting that star. If they're actually watching the star wobble because of the gravitational pull of the planet that is orbiting the star. Yeah, that's what really surprised me. It was explained on the uh, program that it's almost like it has its own orbit. It's not really orbiting anything, but it, it does have like a circular orbit from the pull of the planets around it. And I think I read that it's something like 12 meters a second is how fast it moves. That's pretty fast. It's just amazing, well, you know, when you think of the physics of that. Yeah, I found it very interesting because, you know, when you go into school as a kid... The science is always telling you that the planets are affected by the uh, gravitational pull of the sun. And now you find out that the sun is also affected by the uh, gravitational pull of the planets. And that's something I never knew. And I was like, I thought that was real interesting. Right. I was reading a, a, a blog that had a bunch. It was almost like somebody poses a question and then all these people answer it. And, and then people rate the best answer. I'm sure you've seen this this type of thing online. But um, somebody asked, can the Earth really influence the position of the sun? Because the sun exerts a gravitational pull on the Earth, but the Earth also, being a mass in, the, in space, exerts a gravitational uh, pull on the sun. Right. But I'm sure it would be very little pull. Right. Well, they're saying that there's a, a gravitational center point. 
Right. So, so basically what you have with the sun is the sun's pulling on Earth, the Earth is pulling on the sun, but the Earth is so, so much smaller that its center, the center point between the two is going to be nearer to the center of the sun, which is going to present really almost no wobble at all, no noticeable wobble. But they are measuring that wobble of a star with regard to these exoplanets, and that's how they're discovering them. That's, they're even, I mean, they're even determining, uh, with, uh, with infrared, uh, the heat patterns on the surface of some of these planets, uh, how many, how long it, uh, takes to rotate, how many days it has. For example, the closest one, as I mentioned, was, uh, HD 189733b. It's, it orbits the star that's about 63 light years away from the sun. Um, the planet circles that star every 2.219 days. So if I lived on the planet, I'd be about 6,580 years old. Well, you'd be able to collect Social Security. Oh, least. yeah. Uh, I wonder if the retirement age is 6,500 or or, or 6,000. 6, anyway, it's amazing to me that they can determine that this planet circles that star every 2.2 days from as you know how can they determine this from a distance of 370 trillion miles it's amazing i love it it's awesome it's just incredible yeah definitely that just goes to show you you know up until recently we didn't even know there were other planets it was all just speculation you know oh well, well oh so many stars out there there has to be other planets now it makes you wonder even more if there is other intelligent life out there that's the first thing that came to mind when I found out that, that there's other planets. I'm saying, okay, well, now there's proof there's other planets. Mm -hmm. Next, we'll have proof that there's other beings. You also have to keep in mind that, you know, just because these are ideal conditions for us to live in, other beings might have some other ideal atmosphere. I mean, we're thinking in terms of our atmosphere. But it doesn't have to be like ours for intelligent life to exist. Yeah, we we have only our situation to base things on, to base this on. You know, we we know what our climate is like. We know what type of creatures exist on our planet. They don't have to be exactly like us. But you would think that if the rules uh, are the same for the entire universe, I mean, gravity works everywhere. You would think that DNA that biological structures that, that formed on our Earth might also take the same path on a distant planet just because that's the way it would go, you know. But like you said, you don't know because there might, might be something that could, could, could evolve and develop and adapt to a certain environment that we don't encounter here on Earth. Right. No more oxygen, less oxygen, mm -hmm. other gases. I mean, we evolved in this atmosphere so this is the atmosphere we need I mean if the atmosphere was different maybe life would have evolved differently and still had life right I mean I'm not going to start thinking like Star Wars you know where creatures are breathing like methane or something but definitely different mixtures of gases that'll be maybe similar to ours but not quite the same right also gravity has a lot to do with it too well, there's, there's pressure being exerted on us by our atmosphere. You have atmosphere pushing in on your body, okay? And you've also got a, the pull of gravity, which is, is exerting a strain on your body, too. So, because organisms on Earth have developed, uh, have uh, evolved 
with with the current uh, uh, air pressure and gravitational force, we've we've developed in a specific way. Now, if there's a planet out there that has less gravity, I mean, these creatures might be a lot bigger because their body would just react that way because there's not that much gravity, so they could get bigger because there wouldn't be as much of a strain on their skeletal system because they're large. Right. And also, if there's a planet with a great amount of gravity, maybe organisms would be developed smaller because the gravitational pull is so great that if they got as big as we are now, like a, like a five-foot or six-foot-tall human, that the force on their skeletal structure would be too great so they don't exceed a certain point. I mean, there's all that stuff to, con to, to consider, too, you know? Air pressure, the atmosphere, and the gravitational uh, pull. This is really quite interesting. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this stuff. And don't forget the cost of beer. That would affect things, too. Music on this episode included Ethereal by White Knight and Lost Knight by Adam. Check them out on the Podsafe Music Network. That concludes this episode of the Cosmic Pirate Radio Show. Stay tuned for more adventures from Roger Drew and maybe Sean next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>